This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Exodus 14, verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, um, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pi-Haratha. I think, I don't know how to say that. I've tried, I practiced that. I'm just going to say Pi. Between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon. Before it shall, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. Um, it goes on to say in verse number three: For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, and in the wilderness has shut them in. Um, the world has a perspective on you. I said the world has a perspective, and. I believe the Lord wants to help us here. But verse number four is, is very interesting. It says, um, and the Lord's talking here. Everybody say, the Lord's talking. Lord's talking. He says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And he shall follow after them. And this is very interesting what he says here. I will be honored upon Pharaoh. Everybody say, honored. I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all of his hosts. That the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Verse number five, and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of all of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? He made ready his chariot and took his people with him, and he took 600 chosen chariots. And all the chariots of Egypt, and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and the chariots. And Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them. And over- overtook them encamping by the sea besides Pi. And before Belzephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, Egyptians, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were they were afraid. Everybody say afraid. They were afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt. Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Come on, Lord. Can you help me out? You've brought me this far. Did you leave me to die in the wilderness? Let's read on. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? It is, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone? That we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, and stand still, 
and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. For the Lord, or the Lord, shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. In other words, shut your mouth, quit complaining, be still. Somebody say, be still. Verse number 15, thank you for standing while I read these scriptures. Verse number 15, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they may go, in other words, move on. Sounds kind of different. Be still and move on. And but thou, but lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on to dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, last scripture, and I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. I will get, here it is again, I will get me honor upon Pharaoh. Upon all of his hosts and upon his chariots, upon the horsemen. We're going to pray. God, with the help of the Lord, we're going to talk about, I don't really say I have a title. I'll, I'll get a title maybe after I'm done. Um, but we're going to just deal with something that I feel like the Lord is trying to uh, teach us um, in the house of the Lord. And I forgot Jacob and Isaac's Bible to give this to them today. I apologize publicly. I'm sorry. I have these right here to remind me. We'll make sure we get those to those boys. And um, God's going to get honor one way or another. That God's going to get honor one way or another. And, um, and uh, we're going to talk about, uh, about, about that here today. Let's pray and ask the Lord to minister to us here right now. Jesus, Heavenly Father, I love you. name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want you to keep your Bible open to Exodus 14, but also would like for you to turn to, uh, maybe put your finger there, a marker or something like that, um, maybe one of those stringy dillies and on your Bible, you can mark that, and then uh, go also to Psalms chapter number 24, we're going to hit Psalms 24 here in just a few minutes, and um, with the help of the Lord, we're going to talk about a few things here today. I, I don't know how this is going to go at all, all right? Um, if you all don't say amen to nothing, I'm going to preach it anyway. I'm going to talk about it anyway. If you do come to the altar, it's fine. If you don't come to the altar, whatever, it's your choice. And God's going to, I want him to be glorified here today. We find in Exodus, we find the 
Um, the title or the name of the book is very interesting because it's called Exodus, which is a very key element to the whole book. Um, the Exodus of the children of Israel. Um, there's a lot of things I, I, I think I, I want to say as background, as foundation to this message, but I don't, I don't feel like I, I should do that um, in this moment. So I, I'm just going to kind of skip a little bit of my message. Is that all right? Just move forward just a little bit. Um, we find ourselves in Scripture where the children of Israel are leaving Egypt. And they are leaving Egypt, and we find that they had spoiled Egypt. They took a lot of the gold, the jewels. They uh, basically robbed them blind and also find in Scripture here. In fact, they didn't rob them. They, Pharaoh, the Egyptians, gave things to them. Please leave. Um, the Bible actually used the word borrowed. I don't think they intended on returning those things, but it was borrowed unto them to keep, evidently. Um, and I also find it very interesting that the more you read this, the more I studied this, is that um, we say the children of Israel left Egypt. But it wasn't just the children of Israel. It wasn't just the children of Israel that left Egypt. Um, I, I won't turn there, but the Bible says there were strangers that went with them. Somebody say strangers. In other words, that these strangers, they were Egyptians, but they were in slavery. They were people that were not circumcised. They were people that didn't know the Lord, but they were in slavery. And that the Lord says, if they want to go, they can go. But they have to be circumcised, and they have to be, uh, be a part. And if they do these things, they can go. So the Bible is very clear that it just wasn't the children of Israel that, that left Egypt. It was the strangers that were in the land. In other words, strangers, they were not a part of considered Israelites. So we find this host of blended people, if you will, blended nations coming together to be, uh, to be, uh, uh, be released from Egypt. So that tells me no matter who you are here today, God wants to bring you out of Egypt. Somebody say amen. God wants to bring everybody out of Egypt. God wants to bring everybody out of the place of bondage. If you are here today and you are in bondage in any way, shape, or form, that is not God's plan for your life. It is not God's plan for you to stay in bondage. Somebody say amen. It is not God's plan for you to stay depressed. It is not God's plan for you to have anxiety. It is not God's plan for you to deal with uh, the molly grubs all day. It is not God's plan for you to get up on the wrong side of bed every morning. It is not God's plan for you to have a frown on your face all day. It is not God's plan that you have constant pain in your body. It is God's plan to bring you out of whatever is holding you into a place of freedom. Let me say that again. It is God's plan to get you out of bondage into a place of freedom and victory. No one is exempt from God's call to get out of bondage. He is calling everybody to get to the place that they will receive him and to come in covenant with him, to come in covenant with him to be released from bondage. Fine, we pick up when the children of Israel... We're walking 
out of Egypt. And we pick up in chapter number 14. And the Lord spake unto Moses. I'm glad the Lord spoke to Moses. And I find it very interesting. God spoke to Moses and the people had to believe. Um, the Lord spoke to Moses and Moses had, had the faith that the people did not because they didn't understand what was going on. Um, and so the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel that they may... That, that they turn and encamp before Pi and Migdal and, and the sea over against Belzephon, and before it shall ye encamp by the sea. And I pick up verse number 3 and 4, and this is where it gets interesting for me. God, maybe this is something you've known for a long time, but I've read it before, and I have it highlighted in my Bible, and I've, I've, I've read it many times, and, and the Lord just spoke to me uh, to deliver this to the church today. Verse number 3, and Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. Um, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. What the devil wants to do is when you feel like you're out of Egypt, the Lord, the, 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 the devil wants to make sure um, and, and it is mindful that you are in a tough place. That you are not far removed from the bondage. You are not far removed and, and uh, you are still entangled and still close to the land uh, and, and the wilderness. And you, you were unsure of your future, but, but you know where you had come from. And the Bible says they were entangled in the land and the wilderness. And verse number 4, it's very interesting. It says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh. Here's, here's a part that I, I want to say, and, and this is very interesting. That God, at times, will bless the enemy. I said that God will, at times, bless the enemy. But he does it for a sp express purpose. The Lord will change and bring the mind of the enemy to a place that it looks as though that our life is in distress. It looks as though as things are, Lord, how in the world did this happen? Why did the devil or the world change their heart? Why did the spirit of the enemy that was so free to let us go is now pursuing us again? And then all of a sudden our minds will get caught up in the thing and knowing that I am not really free at all. I am not free from my circumstance. I, I'm really not free from my bondage. I'm really not free because it seems as though the very thing that God has brought me out of is the very thing that's pursuing me and is hot on my heels and has, uh, 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 has war in its mind. It has chariots and we don't have chariots. It has spears and we don't have spears and it has weapons that we do not have. They're skilled in ways that I am not skilled. And, and it's coming after me to pursue me. It's coming after me to, to challenge me. The Lord says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he shall follow after them and I will be honored upon Pharaoh. Here's the thing that I believe that many of us are in. Is we don't want to understand why God, it seems, changes his mind seems as though God changed his mind to let him go. But in reality, God just wants more glory. I said God just wants more glory. I'll say that again. God just needs a little bit more glory. Everything in Scripture is for his glory. 
every trial, every test, every circumstance, everything that seems to be pursuing you, everything that seems that used to have you in bondage, the Lord wants to do something about that. And ultimately, He's going to receive the glory from it all. Find that even in verse number 16 and 17, verse number 17, let's just go, go there. It says, And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get honor upon them. Let me tell you today, when the world and your situation and your bondage is coming after you again, just know God's going to receive some glory from it. I'm going to say this again. Just because you were felt free last Sunday and it feels like Pharaoh and the world and that bondage is on your heels again, just know one thing. The Lord has designed that for His glory and for you to come out victorious in the name of Jesus. Say, Pastor, it seems like God changed his mind. I thought I was delivered from these things. Yeah, you were delivered. Now it's time to step out in faith and hold your peace and let the Lord fight the battle for you and say, Lord, I don't understand why this is coming after me. I don't understand what's going on, but I'm going to have faith that you delivered me and I'm going to have faith that this thing will be destroyed under my feet. Under my feet. Seems as though in Scripture that the Lord blessed the enemy. Seems as though in Scripture that the Lord, he says, I, I, I will be honored upon Pharaoh. I'm going to change Pharaoh's heart. I'm going to make him pursue you. I'm going to make him come after you. I'm going to make him pursue. I'm going to have your bondage come at your coattails. But when it comes at your coattails, I'm going to destroy the very thing that has been re reaching after you all of your life. Very interesting that the Lord did this for his own glory. The Lord honored or honored and the Lord caused Pharaoh's heart to be hardened for his own glory. I said for his own glory. See, Pastor, I don't like my bondage coming after me. Oh, just hold on. Just for, be still and watch the salvation of God because God is going to receive the glory and the honor from it all. He will. There is always a way of an escape. Psalms chapter number 24. It's a very simple message today. Psalms 24. The earth is the Lord's. Let me say this. The earth is the Lord's. Hmm. That Red Sea is the Lord's. Those chariots are the Lord's. That enemy that's reared its ugly head, it belongs to God. The devil can only do what the Lord allows him to do. The Lord only gives access to where the Lord wants to give the devil access. You find in Isaiah that the devil has to go to receive his marching orders, what he can and what he cannot do. So let me tell you today, there is nothing, if you're a child of God, and you have circumcised your heart, and you're walking for the Lord, there is nothing that the devil can do to destroy you without God's permission. There's no sickness that can come on your body without God's permission. There's no bondage that can, call, that can chase you down without God's permission. There is nothing in this world that will come against the child of God to destroy us or to come against us without God's permission. We see that played out in the book of Job. The Lord 
or the devil went to the Lord and says, why can't I just do this? Or the Lord says, okay, I give you access to Job. But you know, he'll, he'll deny you or he, he, will, he will speak out against you if, if, if you just let me touch his family. Okay, you can touch his family. If, if, but if, if I can just touch his body and, and put boils on his body, then, then he'll deny you. He'll curse you. And the Lord says, okay, you can try. He did everything with God's permission. But let me tell you today, Job went through all those things for one reason and one reason only, for the glory and the manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was all for the glory of God. Why? Because on the other side of those things, Job had more in the end than he had at the beginning. Why was that? Because that was a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a testimony of his glory. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. There's nothing that anybody can say against me that will destroy me if God is with me. There is a statement that is false in many climates. And many of you know this to be true. That sticks and stones may break my bones. But words will never hurt me. That's a lie. That's a lie. We tell that to our kids so It'll appease them, but ultimately, words do hurt. But if I am protected by the love of Jesus Christ, I tell our kids when, when people start talking bad about you and you don't feel as when you feel the onslaught of, of words and of deeds of people, let me tell you, you're a child of God. You are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We can, you can try to allow those things to, you can, you can allow those things to hurt you, but the Bible says and teaches us that many will be offended, or offenses will come, but you don't have to be offended. Offenses of words will come, but I decide not to be offended by the things of this world, but what it says are the deeds thereof. For if we have founded upon the seas and established it upon the floods, verse number 3, Psalms 24, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand? In his holy place. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. My God. i got to read this again. We're going to start at verse number one. I want you to catch this with me. The earth is the Lord's. Do we understand that? And the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to the Lord. He hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in the Lord's holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. In other words, there are many people that will come to the Lord with vanity, with pride or deceit. One of the Ten Commandments teaches us that, that we are not to uh, 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 speak the Lord's name in vain. But in one of the ways you can speak the Lord's name in vain is to say you're a child of God, but you live something different. You are breaking the great law when you say, I believe in Jesus and he is the Lord of my life, but everybody around you knows you're not living for God. You are living for the Lord in vain. It's those that have clean hands. And a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul in vanity nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them, of him that seek him and that seek thy face. O Jacob, Selah. 
Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lift and, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of Glory shall come in. I don't know about you, but I want the King of Glory to come into my life, to be in my family to be on my face and wherever I walk the king of glory is shining through my life but we asked the question David asked the question so who is the king of glory verse number 8 says who is the king of glory that's a good question to ask, to clarify it in our hearts. The Lord strong and mighty. That's who the King of glory is. The, the Lord mighty in battle. Somebody say in battle. In other words, the King of glory, when he begins to sweep in uh, Pharaoh and the bondages of my past, uh, whom I have escaped, uh, may come up to stumble upon me or come upon me to cause me to stumble and eat up my flesh. But the King of glory, who is strong and mighty in battle, will fight the battle for me because he is the king of his own glory. I hope I'm communicating this right. Verse number nine, lift up your heads. Get out of the mully grubs. Get out of that sad face. Quit the countenance of saying, oh, woe is me. But lift up your hands, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. There's a lot of posture right there in that scripture. It says lift up your head. Lift up your hands. Lift up your soul. And say, let the king of glory come into your life. And then he asked the question again, who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Somebody say amen. Psalms 24 celebrates the return of Jesus to Jerusalem, his return to Jerusalem. It talks about the hill of the Lord, the holy place. Through the gates of the city or the everlasting doors. Somebody say the everlasting doors. What are the everlasting doors? It's the doors of the temple. The Lord is making his way into the temple. The psalm also identifies those who will be permitted to that fellowship. And when God comes back in or the Messiah comes to his return. In the larger context, if you will. In the Old Testament, the Messiah returned to his house. His house, he, he was identified as the king of glory, the Lord of hosts. When the Lord began to walk in, there was something. When the king began to walk into a room, people began to bow. People began to submit. People began to see that he is the king of all kings. And I don't know about you, but when you get a glimpse of God, sometimes my knees buckle. Sometimes my hands begin to shake. Sometimes I, I, I can't stand to almost hardly be in his presence because it's an overwhelming sense of the glory of God. It's an overwhelming sense of the majestic king of glory that is walking in. He is the Lord of all hosts, and he is the king of all glory. Somebody say amen. Find that when Jesus, when he came in the New Testament... He came as a child, but he also came in his own glory. 
we find when he walked out of that grave and we, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, the Messiah stepped forth in his own glory. Hear me today. When Jesus shows up on the scene, it doesn't matter what has come against us. It doesn't matter what's come against him. There's nothing that can submit to the king of glory. Everything has to submit to the king of glory. There's no circumstance. There's no bondage. There's no heartache. There is no pain. There is no suffering that will submit God. But everything is under submission of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything is under the submission of the glory of God and the things of God hill of the Lord was Mount Zion. Find this in Scripture. Those of you that have an apostolic study Bible, open your Bible to this verse and you'll see my, some of my notes at the bottom of the page in this Scripture. The hill of the Lord was Mount Zion. His holy place was the temple. Since the Messiah was entering his holy place, the question has to do with the qualifications of those who could fellowship with him there. I'm here to tell you, you cannot go into the house of God and be and misrepresent yourself. You'll be cast aside. But I'm here to tell you today with a repentant heart and a contrite spirit and a humbleness in your spirit, you can come before the throne of grace and you can come before the throne of glory and God will meet you right there in that moment. See, in verse number 6, it says, This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. It says Jacob. Jacob represents all those who seek the Lord. Jacob was a man who loved God. Jacob was a man who was trans, trans, transfigured, if you will. He was changed. He wrestled with that angel. And he walked out there with a different walk. He walked out there with a different kind of talking. Why? Because he had come close and face to face with the Lord. And the Lord changed his walk. It changed his talk. I'm here to tell you today that if you walk into the presence of God, humbly and submitted to God, and you begin to see the glory of God, you can be as the one to the descendants of Jacob and say, I have surely been in the presence and in the glory of God. You can be there in that moment. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Hey, Pastor, what are you, what are you talking about here today? What are, you, what are you trying to get to? What's... What's the purpose of this message? Is I want to tell you today that everything that you're going through, there is an expected end by God. Let me say that again. Everything that you're going through right now, there is an expected end by God. Some of us are wishing that expected end would come quickly. That it feels like a nightmare, so to speak, that you're going through. Some of us are going through times of, of, of trial with family. Some of us have sickness. Some of us have uh, a bondage. You feel depressed or you feel anxiety and you don't have any joy. There's no peace and there's no, 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 uh, it just, just doesn't think that things aren't going well in your life. But let me tell you today, if you keep your eyes upon Jesus and you keep your knees bowed in prayer, and you come to the house of the Lord with your hands up and your eyes close to Him when the King of glory walks in. 
I say when the king of glory walks into your life and into that moment, you'll realize, you'll understand it better. By The old song says, by and by. I'm trying to get your little perspective changed just a little bit. That everything, every trial, every test, everything has an expected end by God. God has a plan. Go back to Exodus chapter number 14. Find again in Exodus 14 that the Lord manipulated uh, Pharaoh. He changed the heart of the enemy. You see, Pastor, you don't understand. The circumstances keep changing on me. Just wait and see the glory of the Lord. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. It's, it, it's getting rough. Just wait and see the glory of the Lord. Pastor, you don't understand. Nothing's working well at work, and people are talking about me. People are criticizing me. People are saying this and that. Just wait and see the salvation of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord will be revealed. I said the glory of the Lord will be revealed. There's always a greater plan. I said there's always a greater plan. When Egypt, when the children of Israel and the servants uh, and, 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 the, and the slaves of, of that time were out of Egypt, uh, they thought that was the end. They thought that was the, the, the culmination. They felt as though that was a great time of celebration, and it was. And they thank God for the victory. And they thank God for the place that they're in. But guess what? God wants to receive more glory. God wants to receive more, more adoration. God wants us to see Him in a greater light. Lord says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he's going to come after you. But I'm going to do something greater. I'm not going to leave Egypt in its rightful place. I'm going to turn Egypt upside down. For my glory, I'm going to cast the rider and the, and the soldier into the sea. And you're going to walk on dry ground. Because there's going to come a time when you get to Mount Sinai. And you're, I'm going to receive, you're going to receive even more of my glory there. But right now, I'm going to take that bondage and I'm going to take your past and put it in the sea. And make that die. So you can see how powerful I really am. It's all for his glory. We talked about John chapter number 11 last week and how Jesus was walking to Mary and Martha and Lazarus was in the grave. And the only reason why Jesus left Lazarus in that grave for those four days for his own glory. I said for his own glory. He wanted to reveal something. I can't, I, I'm not one that can just heal the sick. I'm not one that can just heal the blind. I'm not the only one that can heal a broken heart. But for my glory, I'm going to show you that I can bring the resident, bring the dead back to life. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter how long it's been in the grave. For the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed in your life. I'm here to tell you today, if you want to sing the king of, see the king of glory, I'm here to you need to raise your hands and turn your face back to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand what all's going through, but the Bible says I'm just going to worship you and to love you and be still and see the salvation of your glory. Here's the thing. I don't want to, I'll just read it out of the scripture. What did, I'm in the book of Numbers. Let me go back to the book of Exodus. 
Hmm. Verse number 14, Exodus 14, the Lord shall fight for you, and you're going to hold your peace. Somebody say, hold your peace. You're going to be still. Anybody also says, Moses, why are you crying to me? Go forward. What do you mean, Lord? You're telling me to hold my peace, but also go forward. He says, but I have a greater plan. I have a greater glory I want to show you. I want that little stick you got in your hand. I want you to cast that upon the sea. And I'm going to show you how glorious I really am. It feels like things are happening behind you. But I have a way of an escape. I want to reveal another hand of my glory to you. So take what you have in your hand and cast it upon the sea. And watch the waters part. And you're going to walk on dry ground. Ladies and gentlemen, all the Lord wants is what you have in your hand. I have a little bit of faith in the Lord. Take up what you have and give it to the Lord and stretch out your hand before God and say, Lord, let your glory be revealed. Glory be revealed. Now, it's interesting, the fickleness of the children of Israel. They were constantly murmuring and complaining. And every time God revealed his glory to them again, he fed them manna. This glory of God. The pillar of cloud, the fire, the glory of God. He allowed them to build a tabernacle for his glory to dwell. He gave them the Ten Commandments, which is the glory of God revealed. Moses was on that mountain in the cleft of the rock, and, and the Lord showed him his glory. All these things was all for the glory and a manifestation of God. But each time in those situations, the people begin to murmur, and complain. Here's what I want us to do. When things don't go well and you don't understand what's going on around you, the worst thing you could do is get in the molly grubs and tell everybody about your sorrows and your problems and, and all these things and complain about the things that are going on, complain about the church, complain about other people. What you need to do is hold your peace and move forward in Jesus Christ for the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Somebody say amen. We're not a complaining church. Amen. Speaking that in faith, we are not a complaining church. We're not a griping church. We're not going to be a fickle church. We're going to be people that are walk in faith and walk by faith. I'm not, oh my God. I said we're going to walk in faith and we're going to walk by faith. I may not see the glory right now, but I'm going to raise my hands in the temple and have a humble heart and say, Lord, whatever thy will, let it be done. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Find through all the scripture, and I'm coming to a close. Everything has to do with the glory of God. It's all, I'll say this. Ten Commandments. We received from Moses from God to Moses to reveal his glory and his, his majesty to, to, to Moses and the children of Israel. We find that if you count the days, this will be part of my Wednesday night Bible study, that if we count the days from the time they left Egypt to the time that the, the Ten Commandments were revealed, that is 50 days. 
50 days, it was the glory of God being revealed. Let me tell you today, when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, how many days was it when the Holy Ghost began to pour out his, when God began to pour out his spirit? The Bible calls it the day of Pentecost. It was 50 days. It was 50 days. Somebody say 50 days. Somebody say 50 days. You know, sometimes it takes a little time for the glory of the Lord to be revealed. But I'm thankful I don't have to wait 50 days for the Holy Ghost to move in my life here today. I don't have to wait a moment longer. All I need to do is humble myself before God and say, Lord, I forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me, God, for all my shortcomings. And I'm here to tell you today, the glory of the Lord will be revealed unto you. Why does God do those things? Why does God want to reveal himself in that way to us? It's because you are his prized possessions. You are made in his, in his will or in his likeness. You are made for his service and for his glory. I said made for his glory. The Bible talks about a Shekinah glory. Does anybody know what Shekinah means? It means a shining I'm here to tell you today, when the Holy you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there is a shining that could come on your life. There is a shining that can happen in your life. It's called the Shekinah glory. When you walk through the streets and you walk at work and you walk at school and you walk through the quarters of life, there can be a glory of the Lord that can be shined upon your life. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the Shekinah glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to just be another Christian going to a church down the road, but I want to be a part of the church, the kingdom church, the glorious church. In these last days, let's stand together right now. The musician, you come. Sister Nicole, would you play something softly for me? It's easy to get frustrated with what's pursuing us. It's easy to get frustrated with the things and the cares of life. That's why I said earlier today that if, if things are causing distress in your life, don't stop fighting. Do not declare defeat. I said do not declare defeat. Declare that the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed. It's a perspective. I said it's a perspective. Some of you need a job. Do not declare defeat. Declare the glory of God is going about to be revealed. Some of you have sickness in your body. Declare the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed in your body. phone with somebody this week said how bad do you want the Lord how bad do you want the glory of the Lord revealed in your life because you can God can bring you out this person was bragging about how he felt his life was so blessed but him and I both determined and I asked the question 
if you, God would have come right now, would you go to hell? He said, yes. See, there are people in this world that feel as though they're living a blessed life. And everything's going super well. And this man was confused. Why is everything going so well, but yet I know that I'm going to hell? Why, why is that? I'm going to ask these questions that I really hadn't been prepared. I don't remember ever asked somebody asking me that question. And I, it dawned on me. And I said, maybe it's through this thing, of course, of life that has brought confusion and you're not sure what's going on. And then all of a sudden you found yourself on a phone call with your pastor asking, why is this? And the revelation is that no matter what's going on in this world, you're still going to a devil's hell. And I said, we're having a conversation right here. He said, but if I live for the Lord, then this may go away or that may go away. Or if, 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 I, if I have this situation, then, then I'll, I'll be blessed. And, and all these things. And I told this person, I said, when it comes to the Lord, you have to forsake everything, good or bad. And say, Lord, I will forsake the blessings and the cursings of this world for you. Because when your glory is revealed, the things that I thought were blessings are nothing in the presence of God. I said, Pastor, this is, this is I, I feel blessed. I, I, I feel like everything is going well. And I'm like, look in contrast when God begins to reveal himself to you and you submit to your life to him. How much more glory and how much more blessing, how much more uh, joy will you have? Those things will look as though they are rotten, scoundrels, or just dung in the face of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say all that to say this here today, that last week we talked about coming out of that place of bondage. And this week I felt in the spirit that the thing, the people that have felt victory last week are being pursued by the very thing they claim victory from. In fact, I felt in the Holy Ghost last week that people walked out of this place when they prayed and thanked God for victory, that they allowed the enemy to pursue them out of the doors of this place. The same glory of the Lord that was revealed when you felt God release those things for you. The Lord wants to reveal the next stage of his glory to destroy that altogether. I said to destroy that altogether. The Lord brought you out. You felt pursued. Now the Lord's going to destroy it completely. There's a next level of God revealing himself to you. So maybe this message is just for those that claimed victory last week. I don't know. Maybe you weren't here last week and maybe... God to move in your life. The Lord is here strong and mighty, and He wants to reveal His glory to you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray, just like the Scripture says, we're going to lift up our heads to close your eyes. And once you lift up your hands, and the Lord strong and mighty, is going to come down into this room. And the Lord's going to Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, 
and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.